Hello, this is Mike Lodi, and I'm making a digital racket. Welcome to Digital Racket, a podcast where I talk to artists, photographers, musicians, and anyone else that creates art in all its forms and puts it out in the webland for you to witness. On this first episode, I'm talking with Dante Rocky Moore, a local photographer that recently was voted 2016 Best Photographer by Metro Times, and is an all-around great guy that turns up nearly everywhere in Detroit and beyond. This episode was recorded at Bee Nectar in Ferndale, a terrific place that I am trying to frequent as often as I can. They have a great local brewed mead, and as you can hear during the interview, if you listen closely, great throwback 80s music. So let's get to the interview, and I'll come back and chat with you a bit after that. This is Michael O.D. here for the first Digital Racket interview, and I'm talking to Dante Rockymore. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about him. When I decided to do this podcast, I wanted to talk to artists and their art, and primarily photographers because that's a topic that I'm really interested in and something that I feel that I actually I can add something to when I'm talking back and forth. But uh, when I put the list down, I have a list of like 20 people. The top of the list was uh, Dante Rockymore because I've been following around for years and uh, like nobody hustles like him. So um, <laughs> a little bit more about him is that, uh, you know, he goes by Mr. Heatcam and he'll talk a little bit about how he got that name and, and what it has to do with uh, the photos that he takes. But... Uh, he takes photos all around town. Uh, you can catch him regularly at V Night Club. He took photos recently at uh, Shari Varia in Ville Isle, which I really like the photographs of. Shot Snoop Dogg at DTE, which is kind of always a big deal to shoot there. And, uh, you know, he shot nationally recently. I just read he was in Chicago. So he gets around. And uh, he's also, the thing about him, though, is that he's a really generous guy. Uh, I always know that he's always helping people out. And that uh, as much as people know him, they know him because he's a good guy. So we keep tabs on one another. We both shoot for Metro Times, and uh, we enjoy that. And then, you know, whenever we see each other, we get a little talk in. So uh, enjoy his time with him. So let's talk a little bit to uh, Dante Rockymore and Mr. Heatcam. Hey, man, what's going on? Thank you for having me, dude. This is awesome. But when did you start taking photos? Uh, 2007. 2007, I picked up a camera, and it was a Canon PowerShot point-and-shoot camera. Uh, and then I, I mean, I, I just kind of fast forward to now. It's what 2016. Yeah, almost 10 years. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, 10 years is a whole lot. <laughs> it's a whole lot. You know what I mean? Um, when did you know that you had to evolve from a, a point and shoot to a DSLR? Um, when I took the camera and put it in manual, I got. I think it was a Canon 60D, and it was, um, I got it around 2012, but it took me about a year to pick it up and start using it. Um, up until that point, I had used only, the camera only on auto, um, I actually started with video, so I gravitated towards that, you know, from like 2007 to, I don't know, maybe like 2011. Uh, 2012, and then I got like my first real DSLR 
in, in 2012. And um, so I just kind of took it from there. Like, I immediately took the camera off of auto and put it in the manual within that first year. And I think by like 2013, like the end of 2013 or something like that, um, I started really shooting. Um, you know, at that point, that's when, you know, a, a friend of mine named Troy, he owns a place called Grasshopper Underground in Ferndale. He's like, hey, let me pay you to come back and, and take pictures here um, because I had so much fun there. So, it, you know, he noticed how I was with people. And after that, that's when, that's when I always say my career really started, like with, with photography. Like I've been taking pictures at an alarming rate and getting paid for it ever since so it's kind of crazy that's what i i think i met you somewhere around 2013 or 2014 at one of the festivals that we were both shooting and uh what i noticed about you that's kind of kind of separates you from a lot of photographers is like me uh we, we photographers like to be behind the camera i noticed that you're a, a photographer that maybe you don't like to be in front of the camera but you get dragged in front of the camera and you're in front of the camera a lot yeah, I'm in front of the camera a lot, but um, it's really weird how that even happened. Uh, I never really wasn't in front of the camera person. But one day I just had the urge to take a selfie uh, at an award show that I was at for uh, a television show I used to work for called Ask Dr. Nandy. Um, it's now on Channel 7, uh, WXYZ, uh, I believe at like 5 o'clock every day, something like that. So it's grown a lot since then. But when I worked for the show, we did the Detroit, the Michigan Emmys. And um, I whipped out the camera, took a selfie, and then our event started following me on Instagram. And at that point, I knew some, I had something as far as leverage goes with that particular shot. So I just kind of kept taking it in the moment, you know, at every event that I was at. Um, as soon as I was inspired to take it, I would just take it. And um, it became my brand, and it became kind of like a staple. Right. You've got like a signature head. look when you do your selfie yep, for your shot. Yep. And, so, and you yep. got a wide grin with your tongue out. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people, like when they see me, they'll ask for it, or they'll recognize me by it, or they'll ask for photos with me. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird, but I've developed a little bit of fame doing it. And... That fame has brought me more work. So, you know, a lot of times with photography, photographers like to let the work speak for itself. And I just started taking pictures to have fun. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I just try and remember why I started taking it, even though I'm shooting everything, including weddings and stuff now. And I always said I would never shoot weddings. Um, but because I do video for weddings, I slowly, you know, kind of gotten into mm -hmm. it and stuff. So I shoot everything now. And um, it's been a way for me to overcome small fears and then, you know, translate that into the rest of my life, you know. So it's kind of crazy, man, like how, how photography, it really has just changed my life in this weird way, man. So. Well, that's fantastic. Would, um, when did you get the name Mr. Hecam? How'd that come along? That, I, that, right when I picked up a camera, I had that in my head. Uh, like I said, I started with video. I used to do video for DJ Drama back when... He was dropping Gangsta Grills mixtapes um, and just selling them out of the trunk of his car and stuff. And so I did videography for them, and I used to use 
Um, what's the what's it like? What's it called? Like when you're hunting and you can see at night, like night vision goggles. Yeah, yeah. I used to use I used to use that in video. Mm-hmm. So I would use that filter over my video when I was editing. And uh, that's really where it first came from. I was like, man, that's like the hot cam that, like, you know what I'm saying? It shows people, it shows people bodies, so you can see them at nighttime. So I, that's where Mr. Heat Cam initially came from. And then over time, the brand just turned into what it is, man. Um, it, that that's literally where it came from. Like, it has no meaning. You know, I do take a, a heck of a lot of pictures. I literally light it up. When I go out there, and it's almost as if I am shooting video, I make sure I shoot a ton of photos, and then that's how I get, I'll be able to pick the right photo from there, right. you know? Um, but, like, as far as the name goes, that's that's where it came from. Yeah, Yeah. well, when I watch you shoot, you almost have a kind of a shooting by nature thing about you where you don't even look in the, the camera a lot of times. You're holding it up away from you and taking the shot, Yet it always looks good, or at least the ones that you put publish look good. But I tried that. <laughs> I can never get people in frame to look good like that. So you got a little—is that a little trick? A little. Uh, when well, did you start two, doing that? Two tricks I, I have, and you know it's something you can do too because I teach it, man. I teach kids how to do this, man, and I put them in the venues and stuff. Do the same thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you you got to get you a TTL flash with a laser beam on the front and I use it like a gun. Ah. So when I'm not looking at the subject, I'm looking at that beam and if that beam is focused on the subject, then I know it's gonna be in focus. And so I'll just literally like, I'll use it just like a gun, it locks in and then boom, I got my shot. Or I'll use a manual lens and I'll set the, um, I'll set the shutter speed high enough to catch the subject and then, um, because it's a manual lens, I'll be able to, you know, manually set everything else, including the focal length. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that's another trick that I use. It just depends on, you know. What so it's it there's actually talks to me like there's a lot more kind of work and science into it than when you do it. <laughs> I found it by mistake. <laughs> I, I found it by mistake. You man. kind of perfected it though. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, I perfected that with entertainment photography, and then, you know, the hardest things have always been for me to learn the other stuff like portrait photography um you know advertising is a strong point of mine so i do do a ton of advertising you know stuff like that but i always bring an assistant in man you know a guy that i work with a lot is tony Lowe. he's Mm -hmm. he's one of the guys i work with but i have teams of people you know small teams of people that kind of view things the way that i do and i love to work with them man you know you i probably love working with you i just haven't had the chance yet (laughs) You see what I'm we're pretty busy doing yeah. our different things. Heck I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah. It's hard to slow down. Oh yeah. Is there anything that frustrates you when you're taking photos? Um, with what I do, um, the thing that frustrates me most is probably people and the fact that they feel entitled to a photo when I'm shooting certain venues. Oh. So you'll get that entitlement, and um, you'll get people be bossy or pushy, and you have to tell them. You know, kind of wait your turn. They're kind of like little kids at Chuck E. Cheese yeah. when it's time to get the cake. You know what I mean? So that's probably the most annoying thing. But other than that, man, I absolutely love what I do, man. Mine is kind of the opposite. I, li- I don't like it when people don't like their picture taken. Because I understand they don't want their picture taken, but I pride myself on taking a good photo. And, like, you know, actually saying, I'm going to take a good photo of you. You'll actually like it when you see it. 
Yeah. So people say, no, I don't want my photo taken. I'm thinking, oh, you're missing an opportunity. Um, you know, that used to bother me, mm -hmm. but it used to bother me. It's really weird because, you know, so, like, here's, a, here's an example of where it's okay. Like, it could be, like, a lot of Middle Eastern girls can't be seen inside uh, of clubs and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, or partying or anything like that because they might get their head chopped off right. when they go home in their native, you know, their native country. So, um, you know, you never know why a person's doing it, but you know when a person is disingenuous and they're doing it. So, like, I know a person, like, if a person is in a club or somewhere that I'm shooting and they're not supposed to be there, by not supposed to be there, I mean, like, they're married or something like that, then I immediately know. And you can kind of tell that, eye, though. Yeah. You can kind of so, tell when they say no, because they always say, you can always see that they, their face, like, either you get wide-eyed or they get a little shaky. Right, and they're just like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, those people and, I know to avoid. Right, those people... Those people sometimes run me the wrong way right. just because I hate dishonest people. So, right. But other than that, man, you know, other than those two things, no, nah, I absolutely love what I do, man, and I love it's different, you know, every night. So. Well, I, I miss shooting it, so I want to hear about it. Tell me about Charivari because that looked really cool. Uh, Charivari, man, I was kind of mad because this year I was only able to go the last day. Um, they said the first night it was really, really jumping. Uh, and I, I missed that because I had to shoot a wedding. But uh, second night was really, really dope. Charivari was dope. Um, I have fun doing that every year. I become real good friends, you know, with the curators. What is this, though? It's kind of discreet. Like, I, don't, I haven't heard of it. Charivari is house music for two days straight. And we basically showcase all of our local talent. But then we bring people in from other places as well. Um, it started out free, but now it's like a $20 ticket, and then you get in uh, for the whole weekend. Um, but uh, I've seen it grow in the past three years, you know, to the point where they had, you know, no sponsorships, and now, you know, they brought bigger sponsorships in, like Red Bull. So, uh, you, you know, man, if you're a househead, you know, whether you're from Detroit, Chicago, who's got a big house music scene, uh, even the Bay Area, um, yeah, no matter where you're from, man, if you like that, you know, that, that drum and bass, you're going to love Charivari. You know what I mean? It's not it's not a hippie festival because Mopop is more of a hippie festival. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? We have that, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but Charivari is mainly like... But I saw a lot of art, artists with artwork on display there, too. Yeah. Um, I like that when, you, you know, you bring in the, the local artist and... That got bigger this year. Oh, okay. That got bigger yeah. this year. It wasn't as big in, you know, the previous years, but they did. They brought in some local artists, and they had them painting live this time, you know. So by the time I got there, a lot of the painting uh, was done, and then there was live painting going on yeah. for that particular day. So, um, you know, it was good, though, man. I, I have fun every year. At, at well, that, that's one of the things, you know. Like, so, Sarivari is something special about Detroit because it's kind of exclusive Detroit. It is. What are things that, like, you really like are special about Detroit to you? Uh, well, we got our own swag. We definitely do. Um, I, I would say the, the dopest part about what's going on in Detroit now, though, is that swag is being affected. And I, I think the most awesome way, you know what I mean? It, we're not, our culture isn't being changed um, for the negative, it's being changed for the positive. Like, we're getting a lot of people that are moving in that are becoming part of our culture and they're adding to it. Um, so I like that about, about 
you know, especially what's going on with Detroit right now. Um, you know, I've been a lot of places, and of course, the Detroit Coney. You know, I eat a Coney at least one time a week, and I missed it when I was gone. So that's definitely on that list of favorite things. And, um, you know, to be honest, man, if it wasn't for snow, I would love being in Detroit year-round. <laughs> I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. I don't like snow either. Yeah, so, and I've always felt felt that way, and I love hustle, the hustle. You know what I mean? People always talk about the New York hustle. You know, a lot of people mention Chicago because they're big. They're both big cities, man. Um, Detroit, we've always had a hustle about us, and even when we got hit with blight and nobody was here, the people that was left over and those of us that made it through and actually, like, I, my career came out of when the city was really, really, really bad. You know what I'm saying? So I would show what was good in the city. All they would, see, all you would see of our city was, you know, the blight and, and you know, just all the bad things that were left behind after Kwame. You know what I mean? So when I went out taking pictures, I vowed that I would just show all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it ended up giving me a career, man. So that's what I love about Detroit the most, is I had a chance. You know what I mean? And that's crazy, man. Right. No, exa- absolutely. Have you, um, I don't want to get too negative, but have you ever had bad like things stolen or bad things happen to you while taking photos? Uh, I know the rules. You know the rules? What are the rules? You know what I'm saying? My background was, I got a checkered pass. Uh, but I, I just know what to do when I go certain places, man. Like, I'm from Downriver. I'm from Southwest Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, on one side, we got all the Latin gangs. And then on the other side, we're segregated literally by class and race, which is really crazy, man. You know, now, it, you know, going back to what's going on now and how things are being kind of gentrified, um, everything's mixing up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for the first time ever. And that's kind of dope. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but nothing, I never had nothing stolen, but I've had friends. And it's because they didn't follow the rules. Like, you don't go to Crazy Horse in Southwest Detroit on Michigan Avenue and leave something uh, out in the open where somebody can see it and, and potentially bust your window open and get it out. You know what right. I mean? So it's just, you know, always be aware where you at, you know, Every city, you know, every city has a city, and then you have the suburbs, and then you have the hood, and then you have the country. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, every place has its rules, so you gotta gotta play by those rules. You ever, you got a real crazy late night story? I'm um, sure you got a couple. But you ended up backstage. Oh, uh, does it have to be a Detroit story? No, no, no. Oh, no. wow, dude. Uh, it's Cancun. Oh, yeah, right, right. Cancun. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything specific, but every night there, we pretty much stayed up till like five and six a.m. and then we'd get up at eleven a.m. and do it. We'd have to do it all over again, you know, because I was following DJs over. Yeah, there. how'd you get in that? Um, a guy named Nick Kadad. He mm-hmm. goes by the yep. name of DJ Captain Twenty. I know. He's yeah. the guy that brought me into um, to V Nightclub mm-hmm. uh, here in Detroit inside of MGM. Um, he's like, you know, man. Uh, he took me to Student City. And he's like, you know, this guy's a good photographer. You guys should, you know, have him come out. And so, you know, shout out to Student City. Um, you know, I'm going to be working for for them as long as they'll allow for me to work for them, you know. Uh, but they brought me on that team, and it showed me just how big photography could be. And at that point, I was like, okay, I can really do this for the rest of my life. 
you know, and it's just become more and more serious ever since then. You just got back from Chicago, right? I did not do oh. Chicago. Is there something um, Mad Decent in Chicago? No, Mad Decent was here. Yeah, I shot that one. You did, you did it in I the rain? I shot that one, yes. Oh, dude, I was wondering who they sent, dude. That's insane. Well, I wanted I sh- to do it because oh. I did a couple of years. I think we went and met each other there. We went and saw each other there a couple of years ago, and I and, love that show. Yeah, in Rochester. When yeah, in Rochester, and, Meadowbrook. In that rain that day, and that was epic. That was really epic, actually. It was more epic this year. <laughs> it, oh, poured. it poured for like an hour straight. I mean, you once it started raining, you were like, it may not stop. But we were all under a little tent. But it ended at like eight, so no Diplo or oh, no, no. You got no, 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 no. It did. It went no, on. It went Diplo on. played. Now I left at um, after Marshmallow okay. at like ten thirty. It did start raining again. Okay. And I had had like at that point. It's like I can't take any more rain. Right, right. <laughs> you know I hate weather. Dude. I hate you know the inclement stuff. The, and that was yeah, pretty bad. And you don't have a pavilion. And like you said, no. You know. Uh, I would have been out, dude. I would have been out long before Marshmallow. Just, and they know that. Metro Times, they know that. Well, uh, so, I know I see you on Facebook a lot. Is there anywhere else you put your stuff? If people want to find you and say, I want to see Dante Rock, Mr. Heatcam or Dante Rocky Moore stuff, where do they go? www.mrheatcam.com. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. That's my playground. But I do have everything else from Vine all the way around to Twitter. Um, back to um, Facebook. So if you just throw in Mr. Heat Cam, uh, all of my stuff will come up, man. You'll be able to find find me, man. So, um, you know, check out my work. You know, if you want to reach out to me and say what up, reach out to me and say what up. You got any big um, events coming up in September? Um... I haven't even looked at my September calendar. You're telling me. You operate things daily. Yeah, I do. I take everything a day at a time now. Uh, my girlfriend, she's my backbone. Uh, she does my schedule for me and keeps me where I need to be, and I just try and take it a day at a time. Um, I know these weddings ain't going to stop until, like, November, and I've been really focused on those. But um, I, I, I'm trying to think. Is there anything big in September? Nothing, nothing big that I can think of. Even Snoop and Wiz, like I just shot Snoop and Wiz. That was so random. Like I didn't know about it until the day before. Oh, okay, yeah, um, it happens a lot actually with us. Yeah, so it was just, yeah, I, I was like, okay, and then went and shot it. But you know, I'm very fortunate to have done that because I was able to get my my pictures to Snoop's manager, man. And the next time they come back, it's gonna be all love. So you know, that's another reason why I do what I do. You know, I used to look at TV and watch people like a Snoop. Um, make it, you know, and they made it out of where they're from. And I, to so many people where I'm from, have already made it, but I'm still, I'm still going, you know, in my head. I don't think I'm ever going to be satisfied. So, yeah. well, I want to tell you, man, I appreciate the conversation and learning all about you because it's one of those things you bump into people, you don't know all their backstories. So mm-hmm. it's great to hear them. And yeah, we'll, we'll, cut, we'll get back late, later on sometime and reconnect, yeah, man, especially after you do a crazy show like Cancun. Yeah, dude, I definitely <laughs> got some layers, man, and uh, we got some dope stuff coming up for Halloween, man. You know, I do the to- I do the, the Townsend Masquerade Ball, so really October's going to be a huge month. October you know? is the busiest <laughs> month. I love October. Yeah, love right, October. Yeah. Because I love taking pictures of people in costume. Yeah, me too. That's when you get, you know what, man, you're going to get everything out of everybody and people with they're not holding anything back no inhibitions really um you get more people's personalities when they get to cover up their face ironically that's funny
As he mentioned there at the end of the interview, you can check out more of Dante Rockymore's photo work at mrhecam.com and Metro Times at photos.metrotimes.com. If you want to see some of my digital record work, I do a whole lot of photographs, and I do a lot of interesting things with them. You can see some of my pics from the recent Mad Decent Block Party in Raver Magazine, which is a really cool little zine put out in digital format at issue.com. That's I-S-S-U-U.com, Raver Magazine. Like I said, fantastic magazine, and you'll see more, more of my work in there coming up in future issues. I've also got some pics from Riverside Groove, which is a fantastic time on the uh, River of Detroit uh, that I went to over Labor Day weekend, and that's at photos.metrotimes.com. And, you know, I'll be taking some pictures coming up at Lush, the band Lush, from way back in the uh, early 2000s, 1990s, put out some great records, Shoegaze Band. They're coming to town on September 19th at uh, St. Andrew's Hall. I'll be taking pictures of them. And then uh, the biggest news of the month is I'll be at Thrival Festival. Thrival Festival is a uh, four-day festival out in Pittsburgh, and it's got a lot going on. The biggest uh, part of it is the last two days, September 23rd and 24th, where they have a bunch of bands playing. Two of my favorite bands, Churches and Metric, are playing there, along with so many others. So I'm going to drive down to Pennsylvania, to Pittsburgh, and uh, take photos of the show, and I'll be putting those photos up for all of you to see. Thanks for checking out the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And I think this gives you a pretty good idea what this podcast is going to be like on an ongoing basis. About every two weeks, I'm going to release an episode. And uh, you can keep up with Digital Racket at my Tumblr page and on Instagram. You can also email Digital Racket at digitalracket at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. And you keep on making your Digital Racket, and I'll keep on making mine. Digital racket.